Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper. Priscilla, queen of the desert. Yo ho ho, I've gone for a different type of intro there. Let me know if it worked in the questions. If this new piratical style introduction worked for you. So this week we're going to be discussing episode 7 of Our Flag Means Death. As always, well as recently, I have once again remembered to do the synopsis for this episode and it is as follows. A trip to St Augustine reveals more about Jim's past. Steed leaves Blackbeard on an adventure. That's it. (laughs) That's it. I thought there was more. There isn't. (laughs) I wrote this, but for some reason it looked like I had to turn over the page. There was nothing there. (laughs) So, once again, once again, I'm not embarking on this review, review, see it came out then, review, review journey alone. No, I have a co-captain. That sounds weird because the context is, yeah. Anyway, I have someone with me. I have a special guest. Announce yourself, special guest. Hello. It's Tamsin's mum. That's right. Tamsin's mum is back. She's done the Imodium Plus adverts in Los Angeles. And she's ready to come back to the podcast. Some might say because she was a failure in Hollywood. And she's going back to something that's easy. Something that's... (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) But she's here. By popular demand of two people. That many? (laughs) That's the only people that listen to this. (laughs) So she's looking at me like she wants to kill me. So let's get on with the episode. We're out of oranges. This is the emergency? Eat an apple for God's sake. Now the thing is we really needed the oranges. To treat the scurvy. Scurvy? Who has scurvy? Uh... Hello? My teeth keep falling out. So, let's talk about scurvy. Yes, let's. Why? You seem very excited to talk about scurvy. (laughs) It's a subject very close to my heart. It is, it is. You did call me once in lockdown and say, I think I I might have scurvy. (laughs) And I was like... Not again. Okay. (laughs) So, the inciting incident of this episode that kicks everything off is oranges oranges, yes Mm. it did make me want oranges after watching this and i'm not a big orange fan i prefer tangerines i like terry's chocolate orange i mean if it was a hunt for terry's chocolate orange i'd be like pass me the harpoon (laughs) i'd be out there like izzy in the end of the last episode like oh the white chocolate one you can keep that i've never had one you've never had one no. you've not missed anything i'm not a fan of white chocolate not even milky bar not even milky bar no. oh my god <laughs> i mean i'm not a big fan of white chocolate because it can be a bit sickly but 
Milky bar is good. Don't milk in it. Really? No, but milky bar. Okay, we're doing it again. (laughs) We're not actually talking about the episode. So we've been segued by chocolate again. So, well, Swede has got scurvy. His teeth are falling out. Yes. I mean, he still had quite a lot of teeth. But anyway, the reason why Swede has got scurvy which is, I think, the first time he's ever actively had a part to play in the plot so far. I thought you were going to say actively had scurvy. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Well, I don't know how he lives. But this is the first kind of Swede thing that we've actually had that is the thing for Swede to do. (laughs) And it's just to have his teeth fall out. (laughs) And I... Oh, and his singing. So he had singing. Like in an the, angel. Like an angel in the last episode. And now his teeth are falling out. A toothless. <laughs> Chateaus. <laughs> toothless angels. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear us laugh for like 20 minutes. <laughs> so focus. The reason why they're in this state is because Steed asked Roach to make a cake. And I know they say it's like 40 oranges, but I feel like it's closer to a thousand. Steve has made this demand for this cake, and I would have liked to have seen it. I, I believe that there is a recipe knocking around somewhere online, and if I do find it, I will put it up on the Pop Goes the Tam Tam Instagram. And if you're not following that account, why aren't you following that account? Do it. Do it. Yeah, exactly. Now, I wish we'd seen the cake, and I wish we had seen... Steed basically say, I want more oranges. And he actually says, it, it didn't really taste of orange. He did, yeah. So this is why Swede and the crew have got scurvy. And I think they've all got it, let's be real. <laughs> it must have come on quite fast. <laughs> fast acting scurvy. <laughs> yeah. A new strain. So... A vitamin deficiency. <laughs> but it's nice to see a pirate thing a, a a ship a thing we know from tales of the sea actually be part of the plot now amongst all this happy chatter of scurvy and people's teeth falling out you did say to me that you felt that the beginning of this episode was a little bit flat i did i did think it was very flat so let's open up what why do you think it was flat why was it giving you that impression not not so much flat but I think that it was a bit tenuous in Mil- No, not tenuous. What's the word? Okay. So I just think it was a bit... Yeah, it, it, it did, didn't it? it? It didn't sort of get to the point of anything, really. You, you had this, we want to go on an adventure. How do we go on an adventure? I know we'll get some oranges. But even... No, it just... It was a bit flat. Yeah, I think... I kind of get what you were saying. Because I think that we had had... A lot of stuff happened in the previous episode. We had sword fighting. We had the whole... Everything came to a head. We had the big performance. We had Blackbeard choosing Steed over Izzy. There was a lot of emotional highs. And this one kind of felt like the awkward morning after. Because what's really good. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. that sums it up so well. We're now seeing Steed and Ed's relationship change. Mm. Because I think when 
Ed confessed to Steed about killing his father, about the fact that he hasn't killed anyone since. I don't think he's ever told anyone else that information ever. And he's trusted this person more than he's ever trusted anyone. And the fact that Steed still wanted to be his friend, even though he essentially said, mm, I was thinking about killing you about five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. He still wants to be his friend after knowing all this new information and I think you can see from the opening of this episode that they're on a level playing field for the first time there isn't it's not Ed's got all this secret information it's not Steed knows things about Ed that he's going to use against him it's two people for the first time are equal and have found an equal and they're equal in this mm, yeah and their relationship has changed, but there's still that slight awkwardness where somebody has opened up to you about something that they've never told anyone else before. And then how do you react to that? But also how do you try to keep things normal at the same time thinking, why they've never told anyone else this and they've just told me. <laughs> I do think the uh, presentation of the cup of tea that was perfect with the thick sugars was a nice way of, of showing that their friendship is starting to blossom. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I thought it was interesting how Steed essentially shut Roach down to spend more time with Ed, which mm. we haven't seen that before. Yeah. There's always been crew inclusion in their dealings in the past, at least in some way. But this is the first time that Steed was like, no, you can wait, because we're, we're having a conversation. This is exclusive. This is exclusive, yeah. yeah. And it's that sort of, like, he's kind of taking ownership, like, he is his friend. He's taking ownership of that friendship now. So, yes, it was very interesting to see. And you're right, it was a really nice opening moment. And it felt, for the first time, relaxed. Yeah. Definitely. Everything up until this moment has been in the key of extremely high. <laughs> and then we get this and it's much softer and friendlier and a bit more normal. And I wonder if yeah. that's why it's a bit flatter. Because you so. don't, yeah. yeah. From being up there to being down here, yeah, it's quite a big drop, isn't it? Yeah. I also want to say... I don't think I saw Fang or Ivan in this episode true, at all. True, And I also wanted to say, I mean, is he? Yes, he is technically in this episode, but he's not on board the ship. No. And I think that has changed the vibe. Yeah. I think the vibe has completely changed. It's almost as if they've been through a storm and this is the, the next day of that, you know? Because Ed is constantly performing for Izzy, isn't he? He's constantly performing for everybody. And like you say, yeah, Izzy is probably at the top of that list. Yeah. And this is kind of what he looks like when he doesn't have to do that. Mm, he's just round his mates for tea. Yeah. And I mean, I think you get the sense that he's going to perform for the rest of the crew. But when he's just with Steve, the, the performance is gone. Mm. And it was it's a nice bit of writing because you it could... Was e subtle. It, it was very subtle. And the shift... It's so, it's, you can see the shift in their dynamic within the writing. Mm. It's very well done, but in such a way that it doesn't feel forced. It feels natural, yeah. which 
I think, especially from a comedy, is very interesting, exceptional, you know. It is, yeah. Drop the orange! Well, well, well. Someone looks a little silly right now. Jealous much? Those are off limits. We'll go somewhere else. Why? To get to church? What are they? Christ oranges? <laughs> See? Is there a problem? Now, that was incredibly badass, especially for a nun. So, let's jump in to the... I would argue this is the main plot of the story, although it could be plot A or plot B, because I think they switch. I mean, if you want to say plot A is the blossoming of Steed and Ed's relationship, plot B is Jim's past and the tragedy of St. Augustine. Mm. They kind of intermix plot A and plot yeah, B. Yeah, they're interwoven and yet separate. And they're, yeah, and they're both equally as important to this episode. So it's hard to say which is plot A and which is plot B, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> now we're on St. Augustine and we're looking for oranges and we come across the oranges in a nunnery and we meet a warrior nun, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. And I love the way Olawande calls her nana. This is a relative of Jim's. And there's two things I want to say about this. The first thing is that watching this episode, I finally I finally realised that Jim is meant to be a gunslinger. Yeah. They are dressed like a gunslinger. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting because it wasn't until the end and they furled out their, co- their coat that I was like, oh my God, this is Spaghetti Western. That's where Jim comes from. Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah. Which didn't quite work for me. That didn't work for you. Oh, I loved it. No, I mean, I liked the reveal. Yeah. But it just seemed a bit... No, I didn't get that. You didn't get that? No. No, that's interesting, because I really liked the idea that Jim comes from a different genre. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) What I wanted to also mention with this is, obviously, we get the flashback to Jim, their life before when they were a child and the massacre it it is really dark it's very dark because there's that moment when they say that they came to in the forest yeah and i just thought well you don't know what has happened to that person you know that child it was extremely yeah it was really upsetting but i thought it's really well done because you could read into that what you wanted to and i thought it added an extra dimension to their character because this really is why they struggle with showing emotions everything really well and showing emotions because it would be hard to get close to someone when you've witnessed your family being slaughtered oh god and also the career that they've got as an assassin doesn't open you up to that many opportunities, I don't know, for fun. <laughs> no, I mean, you'd have to have a huge, a really thick carapace, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. And be sort of an automaton, really, when it comes to day-to-day everything. Yeah, yeah. And I think they actually got that across really well. Yes, they did. And it's interesting because you see this relationship with Olawande bubbling up and kind of getting in the way of the revenge. And that's that's interesting, I think. That Jim yeah. is being led astray, kind of like Blackbeard's being led astray by Steed. Jim's being led astray by Alawande, but also by interactions with the crew and just that there's more to life than revenge. Yeah, there was an opportunity 
in this episode for Jim to let all that go and start again. Yeah, but I think the important thing is that they didn't because that's going to come full circle again for yeah. Ed. This okay. is this is essentially kind of a foreshadowing of that story. Right. Because rather than choose rather than say to their nana, "Listen, revenge is not worth it. I need to live my life because that's really what my family would want." Exactly. And that's what you should want for me. They just went actually I should have done more in terms of revenge. So I'm going to do more of that, which is a shame. And I kind of wish we had had Olawande call the Nana out at the end, because I think that's what it needed. I think it needed for Olawande to say to the Nana, Jim had a good thing going here. And now they've gone off to go and kill a bunch of people. Yeah, it's it's tragic. It is, it's, it is it is tragic. Yeah. It's really sad. Because you see someone, like you say, who had the opportunity to change things, but because they felt the pressure from someone that they cared about and wanted to, yeah, they went back to what they knew. And we're going to see this again. <laughs> Spoilers, because you haven't seen all the episodes. No, so. <laughs> I haven't. I don't know what you're referring no, you don't. I did like knowing more about Jim. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was well handled and interspersed with the other plot, which was Ed and Steed. I thought it, they paired quite nicely together. Mm. And as I said, it works on its own, but it also works as a foreshadow for what's going to happen later down the track. Yeah. So, yeah, and I didn't really notice that the first time I watched it, but this second rewatch, I was like, oh, okay, so this is that story, mm. but again. But I thought it was really interesting because so far we've had a lot of circular stories in this series. We've had a lot of, I would say, three-part acts so far. So we've had the three-part act, which was the first three episodes, which was really dealing with Steve dealing with killing his friend yep. and that played out in three three episodes yeah then you had blackbeard coming on board and him dealing with all of his stuff and that played out in three episodes mm -hmm. so everything feels circular and it's kind of like leading into the next story but it's also finishing off a story if that makes sense so i i like that it, it feels really like someone has thought all of this through to get to certain positions. As the series goes on, are the, the crew's previous lives explored at all? No, not really. That's it's really Jim's for this. And, and yeah, I was going to open that up because I really want to see more of the crew's lives before this. Mm. Whether that be in flashback. I mean, we've had a lot of them talk about their lives, but I would like to see them all. But I would especially like to see a bit more about Lucius because he's interesting. Very. Because what I want to ask is, was he one of Steed's servants? Do we think he was one of Steed's I servants? I think he was, yeah. But yeah. then, I don't know. No, I don't know. But he's obviously got a level of education that's slightly higher than everybody else. Mm. And I've seen a lot of discourse online like, oh, he was a nobleman who... But I don't think he was ever no, a nobleman. I don't think he was either. No, I think he is a servant. But I wonder if he was a a servant that was... A butler or a valet or... 
yeah, I, well, I'm not sure about a butler, but maybe an under butler, something like that. Someone who was raised to have a position in the house mm. and consequently they can read and they have ideas about how to dress. And also, he's very savvy about how people actually are, you know, like Frenchie. He's, he's very savvy when it comes to weighing people up. Because there's that lovely bit towards the end with when they're uh, digging for treasure. Yes. When he says, this silly little man, he he adores you. Yeah. And he's done this for you. Yeah. And you're just being a brat. Yeah, that's basically what he says. <laughs> and it was... You know, he's, he's absolutely got them pegged, both yeah. of them. Yeah. But his loyalty is to Steve because he sees that he's genuinely quite a nice chap. Yes. Delusional and selfish, but he's, at his heart, he's not that bad. Yeah, and I think for a lot of the crew, you know, Steve is, is an outsider to them. He still is an elite to them, mm. but he's also not that bad. They could work for worse. You know, they have worked for worse. That kind of segues us quite nicely into Steed's search for treasure, which actually isn't a search for treasure at all. It's simply a ruse, I think, to get Blackbeard to stay with them a bit longer. And have a happy day out. And have, yeah, have this exciting day out where they hunt for, for treasure. I'd come to your restaurant. You might not get them. It's going to be very popular. You'd save me a seat, wouldn't you? Maybe. She would be a dick. What night do you want to come? Saturday night. It's a busy night. I'll come on the Monday. Good. I can probably get you. What's called Blackbeard's Bar and Grill and other delicacies and really? delights and fishing equipment. The, yeah, if uh, you want to go to dinner and then you can walk past all this fishing gear that you can buy, maybe a gift shop out the back, then you could say, oh, hope you enjoyed your meal. Have you seen the gift shop? Well, that's way. Oh, no, thank you. I've just come for a nice meal. That's, oh, they're, now they're angry. No. They're leave a bad review. Another guy from the other side of the room might go, oh, I'm into gifts. I'll go and have a look. Oh, yeah, well, that's the guy I'm after. I want him to come. Who's he? That's me. Oh. And as you said a minute ago, Lucius is, I think, the first crew member to spot that there's something between Ed and Steed mm. that is not best friends. <laughs> I mean, they are best friends. Yeah. <laughs> but they're best friends that kiss. <laughs> With benefits. <laughs> and he's the first one to really spot that. And the title of this episode is taken from his line, which is, this is happening. Mm. And I think it's really interesting because you really nailed it a minute ago when you said about... Lucius is the one who essentially gives Blackbeard a mental shake and says, this is what you've got, this is what you could have, this is what you'll end up like if you don't take mm. the opportunity yeah. that's yeah. in front of you. And it's really nice. And I think it, yeah, it is nice. It also confirms for the first time that Blackbeard's interest in Steed is romantic. Mm. It's gone further now. Yes, it's gone further than friendship. It is romance. Yeah, gone from romance almost immediately into love. Do you think so? I do. Yeah, yeah. For someone like that to to do what... I'm talking about Ed now. To, to do what he did in such a way and, and, and try himself to make 
steed happy because he sees what you've done yeah that's love that is love you know no you're right it's love yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh it's quite nice really (laughs) even murderers can be in love and i think it's interesting because it's in stark contrast to to the jim and nana Mm. and for me that there's a, a contrast between the way the nana her love for Jim mm-hmm. is is not enough to stand back and say, I just want you to be happy. Mm. Yeah. Whereas Ed takes that step back and says, yeah, I want him to be happy. That makes me happy too. Yeah. So, I mean, on one hand, you've got love mm-hmm. and then you've got the Nana. Well, I think the Nana's love is, it's not, it comes with conditions. And it's an obsession. Yes, yeah. You know, you don't turn someone into a killing machine devoid of any feelings or they can't get over the trauma of what happened to their family. All the love that Nana shows Jim is conditional. It is, yeah. Which is not good. No, it's not good. And and you're so right. It so juxtaposes with the way Ed is with Steed Mm. because... He knows he looks like a plum when he even says when Alawande and Jim turn up, he's like, yeah, we're just going to let him dig and get it out of his system. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. And the cool kids have come over. So like, you know. Let's cover it a bit. Yeah. But, and the joy he kind of has when he says, oh no, it's, it's a petrified orange. I know. You know, and how happy Steed is with this petrified orange. And that, that is the trip made. <laughs> you know. For everyone. For everyone. Yeah, you're right. It's really nice. It's nice writing. I just, yeah. It's so sweet. Oh, it's so sweet. So, as we go to wrap up this episode, we have to wrap up this episode because my tummy is rumbling so loud that you can hear it on the mic. <laughs> So, as we wrap up this episode... Scores on the doors? Yeah, what is your score for this? Six. Six! Oh, my God! (laughs) Why are you surprised? Because you usually score low. You usually go like, it's a three. I really liked it, but it's a three. No, I think it's a three. That's just one I gave a two. It was a two. I really liked it. (laughs) Listen... Don't overwhelm them with praise. Okay. They'll grow up naughty. <laughs> That's what happened with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you for clearing your schedule, which was obviously so busy post Hollywood. Oh yeah, jet lag, etc. Etc. <laughs> thank you for coming aboard again. And um I'll call you when we need you. Cheers. <laughs>